Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you for choosing church. I never want to miss an opportunity to tell you guys for thanks for choosing church or for watching online. We know that you've got all kinds of stuff that you could be doing, but uh, you chose to spend it here with us, and we, we do appreciate that. Before I go any further, though, I'm going to do something that I used to do an awful lot, and is I'm going to take 30 seconds. It's going to seem like a long time, and I'm going to pray, but I'm not going to pray out loud. I'm going to ask you to take that same 30 seconds and pray. I don't know what it is that you might want to pray about, but chances are, if you're like most people, uh, you, you could probably use a little moment before I speak to get your hearts ready for what God might want to say to you, because you could be distracted. You could be thinking about all kinds of other things, and that would be counterproductive for all that nice hard work that it took to get you here. So let's take 30 seconds. I'll pray. You pray. Okay, I don't know if that was 30 seconds, but I feel good. So hopefully you guys are ready. As Kurt said, we are finishing up today a series called New Beginnings. And maybe today you guys are going to experience a new beginning. But specifically what I'm going to be talking about is what's holding us back. What is holding us back from growth or from, from the development? Believe it or not, God wants us to develop. I want you to take a look over here at this wall over here on the side. We have our banners. There's a, quite a few churches will actually hang up signs or banners or something like that inside of their facility to try to express what God's will is for the church, for us, for those who call themselves Christians. The way that we express it are, on these, are in these five words here. It's love, connect, grow, serve, and go. And we, or I like to say that... Um, that grow is right in the middle for a reason. And the reason that I say that is, I believe that no matter what the circumstances are that we are facing, no matter what it is that we are going through, right in the middle of it, God is wanting to develop us. God is wanting to do something inside of us to grow us up and to change us. In fact, if you're a note taker, I want you to write this down. God wants all of his children to grow and develop in two primary areas, faith and character. God wants all of us to develop in two primary areas. If you were to read through the Bible today from beginning to end and you were to summarize it all up as to what God wants most from his children, and by the way, God does want us to refer to him as a father and he refers to us as children. He wants all of us to grow in two primary areas, faith and character. Now, why? Faith majorly impacts our relationship with God. It radically changes the way that we experience God. Character radically impacts our relationships with others. When God begins to do this work inside of us, he wants to develop our faith so it will impact our relationship with him. And he wants to develop our character so it will impact the relationships with others. Make sense? Yellow. Okay, I, didn't, I can't really see you, so I need some kind of vocal. Let's try that again. Make sense? Good. Okay, so with that in mind, let's talk about faith first. Our faith in God is key, like I said, to experiencing the kind of relationship with him that not only he enjoys, but that we enjoy. Now, for some of you here or watching online, you might be at a place where just believing in God is kind of a stretch for you. 
I know that for some of us who have been believers for a long time, it might be hard for us to conceptually go back to that place where we were wrestling with the concept or the idea of whether or not God truly exists. But for some of you, that might be exactly where you're at. And if that is where you're at, I want you to know that right now in the middle of your experiences and circumstances, even bringing you to this place or watching it online, God is trying to develop faith inside of you so that you will believe that he's for real. In fact, I wanna to read to you a passage out of the book of Hebrews, out of the Bible. And this is what it says. Faith is the confidence that we, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You see, God wants to have confidence in him. He wants us to have assurance in him, especially on the things that we don't understand. And so what happens is, is that God will bring us into these types of situations in order to be able to develop the faith inside of us. Now, for those of us who have been believers for a long time, God is still trying to develop our faith as well, but maybe in different ways. How many of you have ever heard of that passage in Matthew chapter six, where Jesus is explaining about how much God loves us and how he doesn't want us to worry about things like food or things like clothing or what to drink. What he's saying is in this passage is he wants us to look at the flowers or he wants us to look at the birds and he tells us how much God loves them, but yet they don't sweat it. They don't worry about whether or not they're gonna be taken care of because they have faith in God. And then he goes on and he says this and I quote, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. This was Jesus's attempt trying to tell the people who were listening to him, God is trying to develop your faith. What God wants you to do is have such confidence and assurance in him that you are not worried, not afraid. Which leads me to the number one thing, which is the barrier to our faith growing. It's fear. The number one thing that will stand in the way of you and I to be able to experience this sweet and wonderful growing relationship with God because of our faith is fear. And our enemy knows that. Satan, who is our enemy, will over and over and over and over and over again find ways to be able to play upon your fear and as a direct result, completely ruin your faith. And as a person who remembers what this was like, when you are a person who is genuinely trying to find out whether or not God is for real, and so you go to a place where you know that there will be other people who believe that God is for real. Like say, for instance, a church. And then you show up and you realize that the people who call themselves by the name of Jesus Christ don't have confidence in him and don't have assurance in him. But instead, what they display is a tremendous amount of worry or fear. It doesn't make those who are seeking after God wanting to believe that he's real, it doesn't make it very attractive. 
is why God wants to develop our faith. So that those who would come looking for him, genuinely hoping that he is for real, they would see that there are those who not only know it, but they live it. And they have overcome fear. It's not an easy thing to do. Now, an example of this struggle between faith and fear can be seen in the life of Peter. He was one of the disciples, one of the 12 disciples, super close friend of Jesus. And the story goes is shortly before Jesus was beaten, arrested, arrested and beaten and then crucified, there was this conversation between Peter and Jesus. And it kind of was one of those conversations where Peter was kind of talking himself up. He was saying, hey, you know what? You know, if this is true, you know, these guys are gonna come for you. I'm gonna fight for you, man. I'm gonna fight for you to the bitter end. There's no way that I'm going down without, without dying first over my dead body. He's, you know, he's kind of puffing himself up. And that's when Jesus said to him, um, yeah, bro, um, there's this rooster and he's gonna crow in the morning. And before that happens three times, you're gonna be like, I don't know you, you're gonna bail on me. Peter's like, no way, that's not gonna happen. See, it's really easy when everything is good to fake faith. Anyone here can talk like you are a strong person in faith. You can talk like God is gonna do everything, but the moment that fear comes in, it will expose you for being a phony and a fraud, I promise you. That's exactly what happened to Peter. As soon as it came right down to it, he was being threatened with death and he could see what was taking place to him. Faith went bye-bye and like a cancer, it eroded him completely. And he walked off, literally, maybe running off, crying, and his faith was completely broken. <laughs> but that's not the end of the story. You see, there is a promise in the Bible that comes from God directly to us. And the promise is, is this. If we are willing to surrender our sin and our lives over to him, he will not only remove all of that record of sin, but he'll also start working inside of your life. And the promise is, is he'll finish his work. He will complete his work. In other words, if you and I give our lives over to him and then come up with our own plan, pathetic as it may be, to try to grow and develop, God says, cool, thanks, but I'll take my plan into consideration too. I'm gonna start a work in you and I'm gonna finish it. That's good news. That's great news. And so Jesus knew that. I love the way that the writers of the book of Hebrews put it. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, it says this, for by that one offering, speaking of Jesus's death and resurrection from the cross, for by that one offering, he forever, time without end, made perfect those who are being made holy. Let me explain that. See, Jesus knew that Peter was going to abandon him. Jesus knew that Peter was going to sin big time, blow it big time. He knew that Peter was going to go through this incredible, massive trial, but he also knew that what he was going through, this death and his resurrection that was gonna take place in three days was gonna completely nullify every single one of the sins that Peter had committed if he was willing to surrender them over to him. And it wasn't just true for Peter, but it was true for you, and it's true for me. He also knew that he was gonna rise from the dead and he was gonna to get to spend some more time with Peter. And he knew that that massive trial in Peter's life, that massive experience, and then getting to see Jesus alive was going to radically change the way that this guy thought about death. And boy, did it ever work. 
using that trial to be able to train and develop Peter's faith, we see not too many months later that Peter and John, another one of the disciples, who had been preaching in the streets and teaching and doing all kinds of things, they were even healing some people. Well, the same council of leaders that had Jesus crucified captures these guys and brings them in and they start threatening him the same way that they did to Jesus. If you don't stop this, if you don't do this, you can't say this or we're, and I absolutely love Peter and John's response. This is what it is, let me read it to you. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. You see, when fear was completely removed and instead faith was all that these guys saw from Peter and John, they didn't have any leverage in their life anymore. They were willing to die. It was almost as if they were saying, are you kidding me? You're threatening me with death? Listen, I watched what you did to him. I saw what you did to Jesus. You killed him, but I watched him alive. So your death, bring it, bring it. You don't scare me anymore. It did, now it doesn't. Why did it change? A trial that Jesus took Peter through to develop faith. These are the things that God does. And it's so beautiful that after all of that stuff that Peter had to go through and a lot of other stuff, it would be Peter who would write something like this to you and I. Let me read this to you. It's in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for this little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials... It will bring you much praise, you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. I'm gonna answer a question in your head. Here's the question. Is your faith worth mentioning by Christ? Is your faith worth being watched by heaven? Did you know that we are told again in the book of Hebrews that there is a great cloud of witnesses who gather around to watch the life of faith that you and I live out because they're excited to see faith develop and grow. They're excited to see what God is doing in the midst of every single one of us. Heaven watches us because faith is being developed. Is your faith worth being watched? If the answer to that was no, then again, you need to understand Jesus has a job to do. His job is to make you and I holy. It is to make sure that you and I are actually people who are fit to inhabit the heaven that God has created for us. Jesus' job is to reshape your and my lives so that we are fit to be like God, that we are children who reflect and look like our Father, holy, spotless, blameless, now, what Jesus knew was that he perfected forever so that the Father looks at you and I and he doesn't see the, the sin. All he sees is that we have been covered by the blood of the lamb, amen? But here's a problem. 
The rest of the world still sees this as being pretty much flawed and have a lot of faults. The rest of the world can still see that you and I are in need of development. So that's why Jesus has this job. Jesus wants us to change. Now I know for, I know for me, a lot of times in my, in my past, and there's still some times here in my present I can catch myself now because I've figured it out, but I used to pray terrible prayers. My prayers were essentially, no! I don't wanna grow up. Stop maturing me, God. This is not quite in those words, but I would complain. And instead of praying, instead of praying like I should, my prayers were, God, stop these circumstances. Stop this trial. Rather than, God, help me to live for you. Help me to be a righteous man in the midst of this trial. Help me to not be a whiner. Help me to not be a bratty little kid. Help me to be mature. See, God wants our faith to grow. And God also wants our character to grow. As I said before, faith impacts our relationship with God and character impacts our relationship with others. It was 15 years ago, I was, I'm 45 now, it was uh, just before I turned the age of 30, I came back to faith in God in a radical way and I fell in love with him. I made him a promise that he's still holding me to to this day. I made the promise to him that I would even become a pastor and uh, he did, he made me a pastor. The problem was during that time, I loved him, but I hated you. I did. I, there, for me, it was one of those things where I thought, oh, I, I truly loathed the idea of surrounding myself by hypocritical scum. Those are the words that I used. Big fight with me and my wife, with God, the whole thing. And it was just one of those things where uh, it, it was obvious that my character needed to be developed. And one of the things that's true, and I need everybody to hear is this, is does God wanna do great things through you? Yes, yes, yes. It takes faith to do that though. But in order for that to happen, God has to do great things in you. And that's your character. Now, fear is the barrier to faith being developed. Selfishness is the barrier to character being developed. And the problem with selfishness is this, is that it's so much easier for other people to see how selfish we are than it is for we to see how selfish we are. Have you ever noticed that? I don't know if you have or not, but if you haven't, hello, it's true. Most people who are around you, even though they may not be telling you, chances are they can see your flaws, man. They can see how character might need to be developed in you more so than what you are able to. And selfishness is one of those things that unfortunately, we don't like it when somebody confronts us. Another example of the struggle between character development and the selfishness that exists that gets in the way is found in the life of Peter again. After Peter has become a central figure in the church, one of the things that had taken place was people were converting into Christianity from a variety of different places. Judaism, for instance. A lot of Jews were deciding Jesus is for real and they were converting to Christianity. A lot of Gentiles, which is a simple way of saying anybody who wasn't a Jew. So you have Jews and then you have the whole rest of the world and whatever their beliefs are, they're Gentiles. And Gentiles, with all those different beliefs, were converting to Christianity as well. Well, Jews and Gentiles, not Christians, but Jews and Gentiles always had animosity against one another. In fact, Jews did not eat with, they didn't associate with, they didn't do business with Gentiles. Well, everybody's converting, they're all not Jew, they're not Gentile anymore, they're just Christians. 
But Peter was being influenced by some of his Jewish converts into Christianity, and they wouldn't have anything to do with the Gentile converts into Christianity. And Peter stopped eating with them, stopped hanging with them and associating with them. So another key and central figure, a friend of Peter's in the church, literally confronts him on it and says, bro, you're being selfish, you're being stupid. I don't know exactly the words that were being said, but we are told that Paul went to Peter and had a confrontation with him. I gotta tell you, there are two things in that little story that I told you that have been without question the two most important things in my character development over the years, not just in the last 15, but over the years. Here are the two things, and they're pretty simple. Number one, someone has to be willing to confront a friend. You have to be willing to confront a friend. Before I go any further on that, though, let me say this. Look back over there at those banners for a second. You see connect and you see sir. If you don't have a connect moment with other Christians, or you don't have some type of a serve environment where you are around other Christians. In other words, if you are not in an environment where other Christians can know you and know your crap to call you on it, then you may not have really a great environment for character development in God's mind, in God's eyes. And if that's the case, then let me tell you straight up, one of the first things that you should be thinking about right now is whether or not you are serving in this church or you are connected in this church, whatever church is your church. If not, then you don't have the greatest environment for people to be able to really develop you and God wants to use people to develop you. So start serving at your church or at this church. Challenge yourself to get involved because when you serve alongside somebody, when you are connected to other people who are Christians, eventually they are going to see, they're going to experience what you are like and you're gonna experience what they are like. Now. In that environment for me, there's been a lot of confrontations that have taken place over the years. Some of them have been great. Some of them have not been so great. Let me tell you the way that we are supposed to confront a person in a great way. It's found in Galatians chapter six, verses one and two, where it says this, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Did you know it's a sin to be selfish? Because of selfishness, I have complained when I didn't get the accolades that I thought that I deserved. Because of selfishness, there have been many times where instead of investing into somebody that really needed my time, I didn't invest into them because I didn't think there was a benefit in it from me. I neglected them. That's sin. Because of selfishness, there has been so many times that Satan has gotten into my mind and he has twisted my thoughts and he has done things that have stopped my character from developing. But thankfully, over the years, there have been men who have confronted me in a godly way. Outside of my dad, obviously, Ron Hunter, Kevin Hyatt, my old youth pastor, Jim Putman, the senior pastor over our Real Life Ministries in Post Falls, Chris Rogney, who was a close friend of mine and a youth pastor for many, many years. Guys here like Brian Alquist and Jeff Kennedy and certainly Kurt Bubna have been guys who have confronted me on my crap over the years. And I am changed because of these guys. You see, here's the second thing though. The first thing, 
You gotta be willing to confront a friend, but the second thing is this, is you have to be willing to be confronted. You have to be willing to be confronted. Now, was I frustrated every single time somebody confronted me? Heck yes. Yes, I am just that way. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're kind of one of those, you know, really easygoing, cool people. I'm not, I'm bombastic, I'm passionate. I, I'm messed up. There's a lot of bad things about my character and God has used these guys to come in and to soften me. Next time you're frustrated about something, let me ask you to do something. Stop, take notice where that frustration is rooted and find out whether or not it's rooted in selfishness. And here's the reason why I say that is, is there are warning signs. There are things that I know that God is doing work inside of my life, whether it's on faith development or whether it is on character development. As I said before, the greatest barrier for faith development is fear, and the greatest barrier for character development is selfishness. But in both of those things, there are warning signs that I never really used to look at, things that I never really thought of as being an indication that right now, right in the middle of this moment, God wants me to grow. And how did I start to recognize this? Well, when it came to faith, it was this, fear. I started recognizing that every time that I was afraid about some kind of a faith moment, that was exactly the moment that God was wanting to develop me. In fact, if you don't know this about God, you need to know it now. God will intentionally move you into a trial that will scare the peewadden out of you. He does it on purpose. He will move you into a place because the only way that our faith develops is when we've had the chance to be able to stare fear in the face and then go, God, God, I know, I know you are with me. I know you will get me through this. I know it will be okay. And when you get one of those moments and you overcome that kind of a fear and you can tell that God has just developed faith inside of you, it's addictive. Until the next time you get afraid and then you're like, oh God, what are you doing? Why? A warning sign. Are you afraid? Last week, Kurt said that one of the things that you need to be ready to do is take some spiritual risks. And we don't like that. Especially when God says, I want you to give. And you're thinking, I don't have enough for myself. Or yesterday with the Spokane Orphan Summit, what if God wants you to invite a child into your world that will radically disrupt your entire routine and you know that he wants you to and you're afraid because you're selfish? Fear is a warning sign that God is trying to develop you. Of course, the other one is frustration. Frustration. I have found that every single time that I get frustrated now, I have to stop and I have to ask God, what are you doing? Are there times where we get frustrated because people are stupid? <laughs> yes, yes. Are there times when we saw Jesus get frustrated because people were stupid? Yes, we even saw him with that, uh, deal with that with his disciples. But there are times when God's 
working in our lives and frustration is the warning sign that it's not about them, it's about us. It's about that moment where we're suddenly confronted with the reality that not everybody else in this universe places you or I at the center of it. God wants to develop us. And so we are asking every single person here to deal with those things, with faith development and character development in one very, very specific way. We mentioned it earlier. We want you to go to the shape class. We want you to understand what your spiritual gift is, how you've been designed, shaped, literally made by God. We want you to understand your heart. We want you to understand your abilities. We want you to understand your personality. Not that you can hide behind it so that you know where your starting point is to let your personality begin to conform like that of Jesus. And then your experiences. We want you to be able to understand everything that goes into who you are and how God is going to develop who you are in the midst of the church, the community, the place where God said you have to be if you call yourself by my name. You must surround yourself in the community of believers. You cannot be a follower of Jesus Christ and then debunk that. This is important. This is family. This is where we get developed. We ask you to go to the shape class. I'm gonna give you a warning right now. So hear me on this. If you are a part of East Point Church, even for a day, we're gonna ask you to go to the shape class. If you call this your church home, you're gonna get asked over and over and over and over again, have you taken the shape class yet? And if that frustrates you, let it be a sign. You need development. Let's pray. God, I love you. I'm so grateful for the fact that you, you love me and that you love us enough to not let us stay the same. I love that you are taking these crazy initiatives to push us into trials, to push us into places where our faith will have to grow. I love that you have so many times in my life have overcome fear by making me aware of your presence, by helping me to know <laughs> that I don't have to go through this stupid stuff alone. I love the fact that you are patient with me and my frustration and how you have used that over the years to, to alert me to how selfish I am and how my character needs to change. Lord, I, I apologize. I feel like sometimes, as I know that there's a lot of people who do, who feel like this must be a, such a burden to you, having to forgive me for the same stuff over and over and over again having to put up with this development of a person who seems to, as soon as you've done something to clean me up, it's like I jump back into the mess again. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for never giving up. And thank you for doing a work in me that you promised to finish. And I pray that everybody else would experience that too, God. I, I pray that things like this, a sermon, wouldn't just go in and out of an ear and then people walk away feeling like they've checked the box, they've done something holy. God, please develop us. Please use what it is that I've tried to do and this band has tried to do and all these people who have worked hard here at this church here today to do, to try to set it up for you, to set it up for you to come in and use your spirit to, to move inside of us and to radically just change us. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, oh man, 
I gotta start, I gotta have a new beginning. I gotta do this. Or maybe it's your first beginning. If that's you, I'm gonna make a simple prayer. And if you're a newbie or you're just ready to hit the reset button, take this prayer, you don't have to copy it, but just somehow make it your own, in your own words, in your own mind. And here's the sample prayer. God, please forgive me. Please take my life and do something with it. Please change me, please develop me. I don't want to be, I don't wanna be a faithless person. I don't wanna be a person ruled by fear. I don't wanna be a person who's got terrible character. I wanna be different. I wanna be like you, please help me. And if that's your prayer, maybe even you're experiencing it right now, because what God promised to do was to fill you with this Holy Spirit who will help you think differently, help you think about everything differently. And for those of you who are believers and you're thinking, God, I, I need a new beginning too. Your new beginning can begin by you saying yes to his development in your life. God, thank you again. I love you. I ask and I pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? We're gonna sing through a song and you don't have to sing. You can just let it be a prayer and mouth the words if you want to, or just listen to these guys sing. But this song is really about the one who is the stronger one, the one who can come inside of our lives and give us strength untold to be able to face that fear or face that selfishness and let God begin to develop us. After that, I'll come back up and close us. <sighs> Thanks again for showing up today, guys. If, if you made that prayer your own, there's something I want you to hear before I say anything else. We have these new believer packets that are by each door, even this one here, just outside of it. Grab one, there's some stuff in there. And then after you've read through it and looked at it, would you please tell somebody, tell a pastor, tell a friend, tell a mom, a dad, a grandpa, a grandma, tell somebody because I guarantee you there is somebody who was wanting to celebrate with you, me. The other thing is, is I need you to know this. That shape class is this Wednesday night. Show up here, get into it. We'll be running them again, but we want you guys to all go through it. Today, if you'd like to take communion by yourself or as a family, it's available. And there's even gluten-free options available on this set over here. But if you need prayer, come up here. Myself and some of the other prayer team will be up here. We'd love to be able to pray with you. My prayer is for every single one of you that you will let God develop you, that you will let God transform you into a new person by changing your character, by changing your faith. God bless you guys. Hope to see you next week for our new series.